everybody to another episode here on the life choices podcast today i'm bringing to the episode a good friend of mine dj kid carter hello hello thank you for coming out sir i can just be carter today that's just fine carter too. okay that's fine today, oh, fair enough it's gonna be dj kid <laughs> carter underneath for like, no music in front of me nothing well I'll, I'll be normal for a all little right, while all right awesome. no air horn button no no beep, beep. i don't have no, it on no me. smoke either no Awesome. Without uh, all the effects, it's, I'm I'm pretty pretty normal. All right. There's no cape on today. <laughs> no, 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 no cape. I wore the white glasses just in case you couldn't see me. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting into some serious shit right off the top. Um, if you could do us a favor and just real briefly, thirty seconds, let our audience know a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm uh, Harrison Carter, uh, resident DJ at a bunch of locations all around Palm Beach as well as I traveled. Uh, I've been a DJ actually since I was sixteen. I mean, I skipped out on, like, homecoming dates to try to be a DJ. Like, my band director was like, this kid's got it. He's got music. So I've always loved music. Uh, I went in the Air Force for a little while. I did private sector IT work. I lived up in Atlanta, and I worked in clubs and production up there, built a couple places up, and then I moved down here with some family and fell in love with the place. I came down here for the actual last Buzz Bake Sale. And listen to like all those amazing bands like Boston, stuff like that. And I remember all my friends that I didn't even know yet were like, hey, we got this extra ticket to this bake sale thing. And I remember coming down and it was like Amphitheater. I think it was Cruzan at the time, maybe, okay. or whatever it was before that. Came down here, fell in love with the area, listened to the music, the sunsets. And I was like, Florida works. Florida yeah. works for me. It, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to use the word trap, but uh, anyone that comes here uh, tends to fall in love with it. I'm from uh, my viewership knows that I'm from Canada, from Toronto, mm-hmm. and I come in and out of the port here in, in South Florida due to uh, working on yachts. But um, I love it. The weather, you know, it's, the, it's, it's the what weather, keeps me coming back. The weather, yeah. the water, the nature. You can step five, ten minutes outside of a very metro area, and you're essentially back in nature here, too. Yeah. So like what was do. it like then since you grew up in such a, a diverse uh, musical family? Well, we moved a lot, and that had an impact on, like, like I got to live in Italy. Wow. And we were stationed where, at Where a, in Italy? Uh, so we were in the Heel. Okay. Which was a, an arm, uh, Air Force base that's not there anymore called Brindisi. Okay. And it was actually San Vito was the name of the base, but it was outside of the town of Brindisi. But we would drive. We were about an hour away from Naples, maybe maximum, and we could get to Rome in about three or four. Like, people... People don't understand. Most of Europe is as close as half of the U.S. Dude, you can see on the map there. I've done quite a bit yeah. of Europe. Yeah, I see so it. When, it's... when I was there, it was like, yeah, you just you decide where you want to go when you wake up. You hop on a train. Oh yeah, it's like pretty I, accessible. I used to blow people's minds when I'd be like, my first grade field trip. People were like, all right, we're going to Rome. Mm. What do you mean you're going to Rome? We're just going to hop on. Like, I mean, they take charter buses everywhere. Yeah. Like, like they grow on trees. But you would hop on an express bus to Rome, and our teacher would be telling us about it all the way. We'd get there. We'd see the Carth- We'd see the, the Parthenon. We would see the Colosseum. We'd be walking through ancient pillars and then just go back home like it was nothing. Like no big deal. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of arm bases and Air Force bases all up and down, like the middle central part of Europe. That's where the alliances were. So we would skip up to Germany. Like my first experience camping was... In, Ger- in the German Black Forest, 
uh, wow. right out of an Air Force base, and it was pouring down rain, and I still had the time of my we life. We lived all, all over the U.S. as well. I've lived, we lived in Ohio. I've lived in Mississippi. I went to college out in Colorado, visited California, places like that. Wow, while you've I was, really so, been around. Yeah, so we got to live in a, a lot of different dynamics. You would live some like up in Ohio. It's very quiet, like it's small town world kind of sort of. And the base was like the biggest thing in the city. And then you live in Mississippi where there's a base, there's casinos, there's a coastline, there's water that people don't swim in. It's very different on the Gulf Coast. You have a lot of economic spectrums too. Like Mississippi was, I think, the first place I, I experienced like upfront kind of overt non-racist racism okay, okay because it's it and it's it's just an older mindset like yeah. you, like when you hear people say they can't help it they've been that way their whole right. life and you think like down in florida there's no way you've been this way your whole life in mississippi they've been that way their yeah. whole life and changing that opinion was one of my young goals right i remember coming into high school being a, a fresh sounding you know i don't have i didn't have a southern accent I didn't come to school with one. So being a very well-spoken African-American guy, I remember setting different trends, being in different clubs that nobody was in. Right. Trying and, to, and also to, to shed light on that, you know, you're, you're of an age where this was happening, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I graduated high school in 2003. Right, right. So, so this is like mm, so, late 90s, early 90s, late 90s. Yeah. So this stuff. is this is coming into that era of like the what I would call the reunification of the United States when the okay. Internet started to bridge the gap between what was happening and what people saw was happening. Right. Which is a big thing. Uh, we're going to get back to that point, actually, mm -hmm. uh, how, how the Internet actually did kind of put a bit more of a light on what is truth out there from an aspect of now we can see more things. Yes. Uh, you are one of a couple of DJs that I've already had on uh, the Life Choices podcast. We had uh, DJ Nick Flash. And shout Nick out. Well. Yeah. And we had DJ Merkham. Yep. Shout Markham. out there. And actually, uh, next week, I have uh, Cosmo. Ooh, he's, Mr. He, Cos. Yeah, he's yes. coming in on, on, on Monday to do some filming. And I have one more DJ that uh, has reached out to say she is ready to come on, but has not confirmed a date yet. I think so. I so I'm going to wait before, before Get some shouting out yeah. on her. Uh, <laughs> but I really do want her because I would love to have the female um, perspective. perspective on, on Especially everything. Especially on the industry. Because yeah. she encounters stuff, and a lot of the female DJs that are very successful, they encounter a completely different side of not only just the musical industry, mm. but industry as a whole. Like yeah, the female yeah. perspective is often overlooked or assumed. Right, right, and I, right. I, I, I do admonish a lot of people for that. Who like? I mean, she's she's grinded. We're not oh, going to yeah. get too much uh, uh, about her until she comes on, but she's grinded to a point where she was one of those people that took a leap of faith on herself and created an entire brand for herself, and she is constantly on the yep. go. Uh, I digress. My point is, <laughs> you grew up in a musical family. You grew up in, a, in an army family, which is a... a Air Force. A, Air Force, sorry, sorry. We're the same. We just passed tests. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to diminish anyone that does anything, no, any service shout for out to country. each and every person that Absolutely. actually is armed, all, all my armed forces, like... Brethren and non-brethren, they are sacrificing their lives for the Absolutely, yeah. Like, so it, being that your father was a military man, uh, it's a very specific type of discipline. And that usually comes down on the children as well as you are, you know, a result of their, mm -hmm. their, uh, their education and their, their work life. But you've become a DJ, which, you know, I've asked the other DJs, like, what was that like? for the parents like was there support was there no don't do that i want you to go after this first and have this in your back pocket like like what was that conversation um, like for you i would say more so from my home perspective was always 
be a professional. If you're a professional DJ, that's fine, but be a professional one. Like, don't take a hobby for a career path and don't mistake a passion for your job. Because a lot of people are passionate about something and it might not be their job. It might not be what they do to live, but it's something you can live to do. Like there being a DJ is, is an amazing opportunity and a career path for me. But if I didn't take it seriously, I don't think my parents would have taken it seriously. Right. And I've done other things. Like it's not as if I'm, I, I, I rely on my brain a lot. I do love, like I love computers. I can take something apart and put it together. Like tinkering with cars, I'll be in the shop or work like that. But at the end of the day, the joining of like music and psychology mm-hmm. is ultimately why I do what I do. Like yeah. I love being able to play a song and see everybody go, oh. Well, that's that's the respect I gave uh, on our episode with uh, DJ Nick Flash was I'm an individual who has gone in my youth, in my 20s, and, uh, you know, went to the after hour clubs mm-hmm. that we had in Ottawa, Ontario, and fell in love with what was happening because the DJ was able to take me away to somewhere else. And I understood back then that they were feeding off the energy I was giving them as much as I was feeding off the energy they were giving me. Absolutely. And for a good DJ to read the room, and I understand this parameter sometimes according to the establishment you're in, they want certain music, they want a certain vibe, they want a certain clientele. But with all that already on your shoulders, you're able to take that information, create a set, that okay this is the set i'm going to do tonight but then during that set you're able to maneuver and pivot to the way that the crowd is is vibing off you and Mm -hmm. and, you know maybe you zone in on like one or two people and you're like all right i'm going to get them and you start mixing it up and then like you bring it up and all of a sudden you've just changed their life like for me those nights were like i'm always going to remember those nights and dancing to those those songs because of where it elevated me to it's a it's a mental correlation that and and it's something in everybody's brain that we have an attachment of a memory and then things that are triggered for that memory mm-hmm. so like for some for and 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 this goes like I'll I'll take a song for example Dancing Queen okay. it's an older song that has made a resurgence yeah in in back in the day when you would put Dancing Queen on you would see every other woman in the crowd arms out melodically flowing, you know, face Mm -hmm. up to whatever lights that were going on, embracing that moment that nobody cares about anything, but just you dancing, Mm -hmm. you just dance in your beauty. And that's, it's coming full circle. I don't, I don't even know how song that, how old that song is. I don't want to date myself. I I want to say that's from the disco era. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's it's back in the four on the floor disco era. Early Mm seventies. Oh yeah. It's, it's Abba Abba. Like, but when you bring that to like now you on the right night, I can play disco. I can play disco. Yeah. I can play Dancing Queen and young girls of our generation and below. I was going to say below are, our generation. I was saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not young girls. Yeah, much. I don't even yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in that next bracket. Yeah, we're in the, are but, you really here still? Right. Yeah. But when you play that song and you see 20 somethings mm-hmm. or even teens yeah. that are like, ooh, Dancing Queen, and you yeah. realize that they're still embracing that same mental attachment to the yeah. song that their mothers if not grandmothers might have yeah and it is and yeah. it and it is a timeless flow that gives and takes from everybody mm-hmm. that like you said when you have that memory of those songs that take you back to that moment or even let you relive that moment when you blink absolutely and that's why you have generations of all ages like on dance floors at parties i mean i get to play festivals which is right. some of the most 
it's it's soul refilling, if you will, right. to look out on a crowd like at Sunfest mm. and you have young and old and you play the right song and everybody's yeah, like, everyone. yes, yeah, yeah. you see people sometimes, you know, you'll see somebody push their kid out the way. You know nothing about how amazing this song makes me yeah. feel. You see kids look at their parents like, oh, you too, mom yeah, yeah. or or mom or dad or whatever. And then but you also have a younger generation that is as much into it as we are. And you see them experiencing it for the first time, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the music itself. The good music is timeless. Yes. But as a human, the memories you create through music also is timeless. So that memory that the mom has from that song and the memory that the daughter, let's say is creating at totally different decades and in time <laughs> brings them to like a level. And they anchor that field. point for you. Like you said, yeah. you can remember the the particular after hours it was drum and bass right on the main floor um about 1 in the morning whenever that dj came mm -hmm. on their set and um to be honest i was on drugs um and it was when the height well you of, said drum and bass i thought it was assumed but yeah I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah well you know there's so you know, whatever uh and and it was like right at that kind of like that heightened moment where it's about to hit you and all of a sudden they just played that right track mm -hmm. and it was like i didn't give a fuck oh absolutely i was just i was i was I just danced. And for I will six say hours. drum and bass is one of those. It's a massively influential mm. non-mainstream genre. Yeah, and apparently it's coming back. Yes. Right. Well, there's you've got guys, I'm trying to think of um you've got guys like uh Skrillex and Diplo who while they're spread out across their genres, like Diplo touches every single genre of music he right. possibly can. They give a lot of respect to that that genre bringing the purity of music back a lot okay. of times like just like house a lot of times people are like with house you want that four on the floor you want a vocal with drum and bass you need that it, it makes you get back into the music yeah you don't have to have a phone out and enjoy the lyrics of a drum and bass song it could just be the what my favorite is we're, we're going to touch Go on ahead. this for a quick second then we're going to get to the next topic but my my favorite thing and this is actually uh, a goal in my life. I'll get into that in a sec. But when I was out listening to good DJs, and most of it's just music, you're just you're you're, mm -hmm. you're sampling from well, back then vinyl. I, I've now realized how difficult it is to do it nowadays. Like the with just the the computer type stuff, oh, yeah. you still have to sample from applications the actual vinyl, which is on the internet, and then bring that in to make the scratching and all that. I get it. It's it's mm -hmm. not as easy. People are like, oh, you're just hitting buttons. No, motherfucker. There's a it lot more complicated. Behind it. Yeah. yeah. No. If you spend if you spend three to five hours just pulling samples for mm -hmm. one Ableton track just to make it sound amazing, you might have the track that's just the normal. But to bring that up to the level that you want it to be for a presentable club track right. or anything like that, it takes so much. Yeah. And you can't just put a platter on and like grab no. a piece and put another platter There's on. There's intricacies yeah. behind it, especially with the computer element in it that I understand because I've done a sampling with a friend of mine to get the intro music mm -hmm. for, for the podcast. When I was on the floor dancing and I was vibing and I was just having a good time and just, you know, just shuffling around the floor, it's when they brought not words from a, a track, but their own words to it mm -hmm. where they would start talking to the audience like children of the night. And they just start bringing you up with as we're bringing the music up. And they were just saying words that were hitting you in that moment because you were in such a zone of euphoria. And then they would just like say that one last word and then hit that switch and it would just go boom. It just, it took me to another place. Absolutely. I love that stuff. So what I meant by it's something I want to do later in life is once I become so visible 
and my voice is loved by so many, mm-hmm. I want to pair with a DJ at a festival, you Absolutely. know, and, and not even be seen. Like, I don't even need to be seen because it's just the voice you I want to have to... while they're doing a track. I want to just be like speaking to the audience because I want to feel what you guys feel when you have that crowd and when you just turn it up or turn it down and they just, they, you know, you're just, you're, you're mm-hmm. making them physically move a certain way. All hundred well, thousand, seen, ten thousand You've people. seen that devilish grin in my yeah, face. Yeah. Like when you guys are walking, like uh, they've visited me many a time. Yeah. I don't have to tell you, but you visited me many, many a time in the middle of the booth when I'm already spinning in circles, yelling at yeah. the crowd and you guys come up and you're like, it's about 400 people here jumping yeah, for no bouncing. damn reason. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Let's get them to not bounce. And yeah. I'll get everybody to stop for a minute, think about their life, high five their best friend, wiggle their toes or whatever the case yeah, yeah. may be. And then when you build that back up and you go, all right, I want everybody to jump one to the right when the beat drops and then just go crazy. And you see it. And you see it. And then you're just like, cool. It's such a feeling. We are all connected by this one point. Yeah. And for one brief moment in, you know, the timelines of infinity and how we all are strings on the guitar of life. That's one moment when we're all on the exact same note. Everyone in that arena right right there. Just for that one moment, it's just vibing one strum. Exactly. One quick strum. Just one. And and even if you take it apart from there on out, even if nothing else aligns the rest of that night. um, That was the moment. There's that moment. And that's what I want to do. Like, I want want to have that feeling just once in my life um, on, on a large platform, like on a large festival or whatever, and just... You know, just those inspirational words that I have for myself or for others that I know I could just bring a crowd oh, absolutely. up with the music and then just drop that one sentence and they're just like, and they'll remember that. If I produced more house, I would probably use your voice yeah. on intro stuff as it is. Because yeah. I know my voice is nice, not smooth. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've always had this voice. I've always, right. I've worked in music and long enough to know what my voice sounds like. It doesn't bother me anymore. I hear myself. You know me. I MC events. Right. I do like everything from car shows to TV stuff. I've done a lot of voice work as well. And I have found that I, I know what kind of voice I have. I have mm. like that 5% caffeine, 15% chocolate, a little bit of this, a little <laughs> bit of that. Sounds like he didn't grow up in the southern states, but doesn't know a whole lot of the northern ones. Like mm. I, I and 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 I, I've been called audio. What is it? Audioly ambiguous. I think okay, is the term okay. that somebody in radio used. And it's like you, we can play you in any market. Gotcha. And, and I've always been very okay with that. My mm-hmm. voice is not raspy. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you can't even, you can't even hear the, the effects of whatever things that I've smoked over my life, but that's right. Fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've never smoked cigarettes. So I don't have the roughness that, but I think some people genuinely have a more like you have what I would consider like a weighted blanket of a voice. Okay. Like, of course it's comfortable, but it's holding you there to be comfortable. Like it, it's, it's got support in it outside of just the tone. Does okay. that make sense? All right. I'll like, take that as a big and, and yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Very yeah, much yeah. so. Like if, if I put on a track and I was like, you know, before time there was thought and, and like people mm. would be like, yeah, he sounds like he's teaching a class. Before time there was thought. See, when you say it, it's like, okay, cool. What's the next page? Like, right, I, right, like right. I, I would have you read my books to me. Yeah, that would be great. If well, that's just... actually something I have to do. I have to take my book, uh, "Meet Me Where I Met You," and turn it into an audible book because I've I've come to the realization that more people want an audible book, yes. not a heart, not a not a tangible one. I you think... have the intelligence to be unbiased about your own production, yeah, and that's important. Yeah, 
most of society cannot be unbiased about themselves. Well, that's a big reason why uh, season two now looks the way it does. Because mm -hmm. I watched um, the first 23 episodes that were, were, I had help with the editing and yeah. the production and the setting up and everything like that. And like I said earlier, the room was set up according to what I like rather than what is good for the podcast. Yeah. And that's what happens sometimes with people is they set things up according to what they like and not what the, the demographic might want. And so I did the research and I switched things, colors, lighting. Well, you setup. also have, you saw, you, you have a, what I would call a visually understanding podcast mm. a lot of podcasts you if you close your eyes you just see people in an office room sitting around a round table talking to some right. speakers like it's an npr broadcast on radio yeah you just oh hey welcome to we're gonna have yeah. the spaghetti hour and in reality podcasts are supposed to be a peek into a conversation between people right and it's the the interest in that podcast is learning and gleaming off of that conversation. It's not eavesdropping for once. No, it's we're, not. We're inviting exactly. People we're in. having Absolutely. this conversation in public mm -hmm. on a forum and on a platform. But it's a platform that is not only easily palatable to everyone, but also you can you can consume it in the medium you want. Like if people watch it, they watch it and they'll Absolutely. sit there and look through it and they'll go, yeah. People want it on in the background. Them to feel welcome to come into right. my environment, you well, know. And people always, people take podcasting and an introspective learning, music, all those things. And sometimes they only categorize it as entertainment. And it's not, it's mm -hmm. interactive. There's, there's as much about the crowd and the people. Like I tell people as a DJ. The music is very important, but with no people, the music has nowhere to go. Right. Absolutely. And podcasts are amazing. Getting to talk to you, mm -hmm. like this is long as you and I have gotten to talk without someone either interrupting one of us, both of us, and yeah, or shots yeah. going across exactly. our face. But we get to share that with everyone who's watching, who's listening, mm -hmm. and know that we want them to. Yeah. And they get to learn about us. Uh, obviously me a bit more cause I'm here every week. The guests are here for an hour or so yeah. they get to learn a lot more. If they pay attention to everything that's going on around is even though I've changed up the color scheme and the way the, the podcast is set up, it's still very me. Well, no, no matter what you change about the look of the room, if you're sitting in a chair, if you're in front of a microphone and it's your voice that people hear consistently, mm -hmm that alone should grow. Right. Yeah. Because that's the consistency that people become familiar with. Like, and, and I'll take this to your, your genre of life, which is um, the consistency of you creating good music over years of effort has created a following that you can go to different bars and different restaurants and different festivals absolutely. and whatnot. And there will be crowds there. Sure. There'll be hundreds of others that might not know who you are because they're going to be now new joiners, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a crowd of people that do know your music because they've followed you forever because you've, you've, you've put in the time and effort to, to, to your craft to really excel at it. Absolutely. There, there are no limitations on music unless you put limits on it. And, and I was going to say, there's no limitations on yourself unless you limit yourself. And that's the biggest thing is we are our own limitations. Absolutely. And if you're going to limit yourself on anything, it's in my opinion, stupid. There's nothing wrong with saying like the most masculine man can say they love Shania Twain or oh, they absolutely. love Beyonce. Like that, that, those people are talented fucking musicians or singers. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Like no one, your lightning's not going to come down and strike right, and kill right, you because right. you like that. And it doesn't fit what your image is. Absolutely. Um, Unfortunately for a lot of people, they, they don't reach that level of thought until they have either enough money or enough personal or financial success mm. to take a break from 
their own defensiveness to go, you know, the rest of the world needs something too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when you're doing what it is you're trying to do to be successful, all of us, you oftentimes, you, it becomes like they say, it, it is the rat race. Mm-hmm. You realize you're competing with the guy next to you, competing with the guy next to you. And, but competition makes you better. Competition builds character. And, and I'm not saying that business is cutthroat. Becoming good at something is cutthroat. You have to be better than the Absolutely. next person, which me, I shouldn't say you have to be better. You have to be more obsessed than the next person to become the better you have to person have a drive. at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think uh, the most successful people out there that have created such uh, success and wealth have done so because they've gone through hell already. And people don't really understand what that means. Um, to seriously become great at what you want to do. And I'm on my way there. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are like, well, why should I watch your stuff or listen to your stuff? You're on your first startup. Like, yeah, hundred percent I am. But what I'm asking people to do is stay with me for the journey. But that, that is a very limited perspective. Like you said, this is your first startup in this. Exactly. I'm very successful at what I've done for my whole life. I've done cooking for over 30 years. I've done 15, going into 16 years of working as a private yacht chef. Clearly that has a credibility in itself. Uh, I'm starting out new in this because I want to get to that same level in the next 10 to 15 years. I'm not Mm -hmm. looking at this as being, you know, the next biggest podcast in the next year, two years, five years. I'm looking at it in 10 years. Having that, uh, what I was, what I was getting at was, you don't, you don't have to think that I know what I'm talking about right now. It's a matter of coming along for the journey so that you can see in 10 years what I was able to do by going through hell, mm-hmm. not the already hell I've gone through myself personally that I'm not sharing on an everyday basis, but the hell that I'm about to dive into in order to get myself to that level, which is seclusion, right. becoming somewhat of a recluse. You have to dive into your craft in a way in which the people will just not understand you, but they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Those people have gone through that to get you know, to that level of success. I think those people who have gone through hell on their way to getting to where they want, understand how great it is to be kind to other people. Oh, holy. And so that on their way up, (coughs) everyone that they're passing will not say anything negative about them because they've been so gracious to other people. And there's the flip side. People will think I'm an idiot for saying it because you got to be cutthroat and you got to step on all over people and you'll get to the top. You can be hungry and still have humility. Yes, humility and is I such think a huge that that's thing. I think that that is the uh, I, and I won't say it's a problem, but it's something that we forgot to teach to others as we come up mm-hmm. in whatever you do. And is, if, you're, if you're kind to other people, you know they're more inclined to help you as you're becoming better. Oh yeah, I've learned as much from nice DJs. I've I've met DJs that are, by all accounting purposes, some of the best in the world. And I've, I've seen, I've seen them perform. I've watched their hands. I've seen their music. I've seen them produce. I've seen them sit in the studio for hours. I've conversed with a lot of people. And when I look at that determination, I know I'm nowhere near that level yet. Mm. Like I don't even have a home studio finished. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, moving and things like that. But the other half of it is what is that person is driven. And I, I want to reflect that driven mentality on my own career but i see it in their career as a positive push not as a oh man that guy's got all that i'm out no you can never you can never compare yourself to someone else and i don't understand why people do that um you can look at someone else doing what you're doing you should 
research those who are living the life that you want. Absolutely. And learn from them. Like I do it all the time. I sit in front of my laptop and watch other people that do podcasts. But I also watch other people like you brought up Gordon Ramsay. I love that you did. I love the man. Uh, I aspire to be the man. He has a, a net worth of, of over $100 million. He's done quite a lot of stuff. His persona depicted through TV mm-hmm. of being a certain way is part of his life. But the truth about him is he's actually a kind soul. Absolutely. Uh, he does want people to succeed, but he also wants them to understand what he went through mm-hmm. to get to where he is. Oh, yeah. He cooked for some of the and, – and he and Bourdain uh, – my favorite. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. That great man. But he and Bourdain were both, and and they even talked about it to each other. They have some, and, and I feel like Gordon Ramsay does. He misses that man more than most of us mm. because he says that man understood how the trenches were for fine dining to learn what now you can learn through education. Yeah. He said those guys used to, they learned under the, the, the Michelin star They're, chefs. They are the juggernauts mm-hmm. of what I do for a living, what I aspire. I'm 45 and I still aspire to be more like them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bourdain obviously wrote the book that changed my life because I was reading a book written by a man that was speaking about what I was living every day and what they went through as young cooks to become chefs is nothing compared to what happens nowadays. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. So him being, Gordon Ramsay being the way he is, is, you know, it's for a reason. He, he, mm-hmm. was, he was put through the trenches, and he wants people to understand what the truth is about hard work and discipline and what hell really is that you need to go through in order to get to the success that you want. I mean, that's why his show is called Hell's Kitchen. There because you go. through the fire... Mm-hmm. You, you have to, you it, have, you have to go fire, through it. It's fire that forges mm-hmm. absolutely the, the strongest steel. Absolutely. So you should you should not compare yourself to someone and saying, "Oh, why does he have this? Oh, he's got that. I can never do that." It's like, yeah, you can, but what you can't do is understand right now what it's actually going to take. Mm-hmm. I thought a certain way when I started developing life choices, which was about four and a half years ago. I thought something differently after I launched, which was two mm-hmm. years of development. I thought differently after a year and 10 months of having that company launched on YouTube and I was doing food and travel uh, to then switch over to a podcast. I now think even differently eight months after we've only, we've only been up for so uh, January end of January, 2023 is when I started thinking about the, doing the podcast uh, April, 2023 is when I launched the podcast mm-hmm. and where we are now is a total different mindset because I understand what discipline is from all aspects of your life that you have to put, like my meditation, my time with my dog, my uh, going to work out every day, whether it's the gym, yoga, running, doesn't matter. A couple hours a day spending with my friends, discipline to do that, to show Mm -hmm. them that I care about them and that I'm intentionally there with them. And then the hours in a day that I spend uh, at the laptop or with editing or with filming, like people don't really understand what that work ethic truly is. No. In order to get you there. And that's the only reason why they say, oh, they have that. I can't get there. You can. But you have to be willing to go through oh, hell. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that that applies. Like, I'll give I'll give a couple parallels to it. Because that's 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 the walk. that, And that's the journey that you're taking as you build this absolute amazing fortress of the, of the life choices. Not like you were saying, taking the discipline of doing things day in and day out not only establishes the patterns of success, but you can also see, and, and everybody learns this, somewhere in your pattern, there may be a fluke. 
there may be a flaw. And when you see consistently what grows and doesn't grow, you can make those self-important decisions to change those directions because you have a pattern. Yeah. If you're doing five different things, four different days a week, and you don't know where you're not, where, where am I not getting my connections? Where am I not reaching out this? Where am I being unsuccessful? Where am I unhappy about this aspect of my life? If you can't be mindful of yourself and your behaviors, you'll never, you'll never recognize them. You'll never see your, your own speed bumps. You know right. what I mean? You never learn from exactly. Right. What you're you might doing. be wearing yeah. size tens and you're a size 12 and right. you never know that all oh, my shoes are too small. Mm-hmm. Like you, for example, oh, my studio had to change. Yeah. And that took me that that took me uh, hiring a gentleman to do a job for mm-hmm. a few months that uh, I counted on, which I then dove into looking more into what you could do yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. I was looking for the right word, but like I was dissecting what it was I was watching mm-hmm. with more clarity in my eyes and realized uh, what was going wrong. Now, for me, I'm lucky because everything I'm doing is being documented so I can look back and, and actually have the visual see, of what was wrong. See, that leads to so much educational yeah. absorption, too. Like, yeah. you can just actually take things in and look at it full perspective. Yeah. I think Because people can see this, and they might want to be in this chair. I'm hoping they do. I or, really or, do. Or they like, might want to be on the other side of that camera just hearing it all like you know waiting in line for the next one or knowing on the next podcast they're going to talk to this or it doesn't matter what he talks about Mm. i love the voice i love the words i love the people and i love the mindset of i want to develop such a wonderful community uh for life choices and i want to create uh the team life choices to the point where people are reaching out because they see the potential in what this is going to become mm-hmm. and they want to be part of it from ground zero. They want to be like, they want to be the the production setup crew. They want to be the, the filmmaker. They want to be the editing team. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that will come in time as I grow and I start generating revenue. Well, you're magnetic though. We've talked about this before. Yeah. People used to, I mean, when I first knew you, I knew you by name before I knew you in person. Right. And I remember people, oh man, when Birdman gets off the boat, we're going to have a great weekend. And yeah. I go, why is everybody so excited about the rapper from New Orleans? And yeah. you're like, no, it's the other Birdman. It's not Lil Wayne's mentor. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm still on board. Yeah, just, I'm a little less a dude, on board. Just a dude that cooks food, man. <laughs> but you would, you would come off the ship and you would be, one, you'd be talking about whatever new recipe that you had created on your 18 to 36 day voyage wherever you went and two you would be genuinely excited to see and recharge the people around you oh absolutely i mean when you're when you're stuck out sea, like we're not necessarily out at sea as in like crossing the atlantic all the time but when we're out on a trip or whatever mm-hmm. if i'm stuck in the bahamas i say stuck and people are like I was about bahamas. To say, people say it's, that all the time about where we live and where we party it's like yeah where we all the other day i was at st p beach and then went to the bahamas well you gotta terrible. they gotta remember though it's like you know i'm working 16 to 18 hour mm-hmm. days inside of a yes luxury oh, yeah. vessel but it's but a I'm, tight I'm, galley I'm, you're still yeah I'm, i got a little window that i see I like, it's not water. like they give you the the master bedroom room to no, cook in. not at all dude i'm sharing a i'm sharing a room bunk bed style with some person that i i may have just met um right, you still have a floating oven yeah, exactly you know I'm, I'm i'm 16 18 hour days on my feet but yeah when i when i hit land again and i got back because i've been fortunate enough to come in and out of the port of west palm beach for 15 years i've created such a wonderful uh family here mm-hmm. and back in the day when we were running around roxy's every single 
I mean, I was there almost every single day. Um, when I did get back, yeah, the first thing I did was sh- like shower up, change, and get the fuck to the bar. And I loved interacting with right. everyone because I, I genuinely, I like to be by myself and have my private time, but I genuinely love people from an aspect of those who really appreciate you and appreciate those actual conversations, not the facade stuff. Oh, yeah, I feed on the positive the the positive energy that comes from being around like-minded and positive-minded individuals. Yeah. There's always but when I do go out and I see someone like Charlene, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, she's That's been a on, connection. She, you she's been on the podcast, pump, right? When when I see her, my my I whole, saw her I, podcast for that. I yeah, that she's that such a delight um and and honestly like when I see her Did she bring the her, dog by the way? No, 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 no. <sighs> Um, and the excitement, you know, that Charlene has when she sees someone that she hasn't seen in a while, it just makes you feel so good of a person. Oh, yeah. she. Yeah. I've watched her part a crowd of a thousand people Yeah, because she saw me. Yeah. And she does that for and, every and, and human no, that she's And she's no one else in the room with. might have known who she was right. or even who I am, depending upon where I'm playing Absolutely. sometimes. But she... Oh, yeah. The excitement, yeah. And and that's what you... But that's, like I said, that's why I would... That's why I do it. Yeah. And that's why I love doing it well. Like right. when you have that, like when you have though when when you have everybody just taking it in, mm, absorbing and, and, and absorbing and appreciating it and loving it for what it is, just that it stems from the individual that you are, any one of us. Yeah. Um, I've been a, a dickhead in my past, I've been selfish in my twenties. The person I am now is has been created through all the stuff I've gone through and experienced and lived and seen and shared. And when you have that personality of warmth mm-hmm. and willingness to either listen or talk, mm-hmm. I think people are drawn to you in that aspect and they hold on to that individual and what they bring to the table. And that is why when I do go out on occasion with the kid, with Hottie, with the old man, and we go downtown and people that haven't seen me in a while, yeah. certain individuals, like you, you see, like they smile and right away, you know, like, oh shit, they, they missed that interaction that they had with you before, which is, which is quite nice. It is. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, uh, that's one of the very, uh, that's one of the benefits of not only doing what we do, but also the type of people that we get to be. Yeah. And that we choose to be. Well, we get to change people's emotions through our craft. Yeah. And, and that I think is That's something huge. that not everyone gets to do in, in the job that they have in their day to day. You and get instant gratification, but you also with that, and you and I both know it's a double edged sword. You also yeah. get instant feedback. If you're, if you're falling short, yeah. there's, yeah. there's no, there's no worse thing than seeing a negative reaction towards something that you're passionate about, knowing that it is solely you that can change that. Absolutely. And, and on the same note, is not taking it personally. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt. It's going to mm-hmm. sting a little bit because you don't want negative feedback. But knowing that the person that is giving you that information, they're not doing it to harm you. They're actually doing it to help. That's you. the only way you can grow. Yes. And, and more people at a younger time in their career, I'm not saying age is a younger time in their career need to understand and not take things as personally because more likely than not, the person or the information coming at you is there in order for you to be better tomorrow. Well, people say all the time, sometimes you have to sift through the shit and find the corn. Yeah. And I think that applies to the lowest point in your lives as mm-hmm. well as the harshest criticisms. Is there's always some some substance to what they're saying, even if they're saying it in the worst way. Even if someone says, this is crap, and you think to yourself, 
all right, well, I know it's not crap mm. and he knows it's not crap, but maybe there's, you know, maybe, maybe they don't like the taste dynamic of ponzu mixed with wasabi. All right, right, let me ease off on the wasabi. You're not that kind of guy or whatever. Or, or, or another level of looking at it is, is maybe they just had a shit day. Right. And we don't know what they're going through and it doesn't matter what you put in front of them, what, what track you play or what mm-hmm. dish you put in front of them. They're, they already have their backup because well, they, they had shit happen to them earlier. And we talk about that all the time. The, if you limit your mindset, mm-hmm. if you go into, in, into not only a situation, if you go into a restaurant, if you go into a club, if you go into a bar if you go into a room with an expectation you're either a going to be very comfortable when they break that expectation or that expectation is going to break you yeah because if you go into a restaurant you get exactly what you think you're going to eat Mm. you it tastes exactly the way you you wanted it to taste or you thought it was going to taste and you walk back out you are check satisfied Mm. but that's satisfaction over time doesn't work for anyone no one is just purely satisfied you need you need more the peaks but you also need the valleys so for every amazing like you might have you need that mind blown you Mm -hmm. need but you need to like the the comfort circle you know well you need you need that mind-blowing dish to eat at that phenomenal restaurant but you also need that absolutely disgusting meal that you had because absolutely you need to know what the appreciation level is on that Mm -hmm. and and figure out where where you lie i I, am i gonna be able to eat these meals all the time probably not do i want to eat these meals all the time absolutely Absolutely not not. but in order to experience Mm -hmm. it all as in life good and bad nothing stays for too long you're going to experience this sometimes you're going to experience that sometimes you have to be okay and accepting of all the bad and be grateful for all the good but it also gives you motivation for growth like from knowing people like you, I know my cooking is elevated over time. Wonderful. Just like knowing people like me, your musical choices. Oh, my musical my time. musical knowledge. Right. My, my experience of standing beside you in the DJ booth and watching you, you know, create an atmosphere for other individuals that are just having the most amazing time. Uh, songs that I, I probably wouldn't know who the artist is. Right. Uh, a whole set where I'm just like, well, fuck, <laughs> man. I didn't know any of those songs at all, but they were fucking awesome. Everyone's feeling it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you def- you, I love that point. You definitely learn from the people that you are around and better if you don't do the same thing they do absolutely yeah uh two two points on what you said when it comes to expectations one when it comes to restaurants for me being that food has been my life Mm -hmm. since i was 14 the only expectation i have going into a restaurant is the expectation that they are giving Mm -hmm. so there's different levels of restaurants different styles if a restaurant has white linen on their table, they're setting a precedent. Starting at a tier. You're saying this is what we do, and when I walk into a restaurant that I can see white linen on the table, I'm expecting shit to go off the hook from the hostess stand. Absolutely. From the person when I open up that door, greeting me with a smile and saying well, hello, how you, are you? You pay for the price point of that perfection. Yeah. And when cer- certain people are like, well, everyone has a good and bad day. Yes, but in your level of professionalism. You drop that at the door because the expectations of your clientele should should be met. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you walk in yeah. and you see white linen. If you see a hostess sitting there on her phone not looking up, you're like, "Oh, well, I'm this already is a like terrible this, start. this is this might not be a great restaurant." Right. Like that. 
And then that white linen, you order the scallops or the spinach, and it's sautéed in a pan that has a bit of a burnt flavor. Now, not everyone can taste that. I can. Absolutely. My palate is different. Mm -hmm. I haven't just eaten to put substance in my body for 30-some-odd years. Absolutely. I've eaten to understand what that flavor is and where, where it elevates an actual taste. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, I go to a pub. I'm not expecting fancy food. If I get it, awesome. But I'm expecting really good pub food. If you have wings, they better be fucking good. Right. If I'm in an Irish pub, I would assume bangers and mash. Right. So I would assume right. pot pie, shepherd's pie, things of these nature, but done really well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're lucky when it comes to Roxy's. Uh, John hired uh, Jimmy, and mm -hmm. he is just a phenomenal chef. Like, oh, yeah. one of the best Jim, out there. Jimmy is amazing, and even before him, Naya was, Naya was phenomenal. There's yeah. been mind blowing yeah. men in that kitchen, and that pub food has been elevated. Oh, yeah. To to it's not just a pub to go have wings and beer. It's a it's an establishment to go Absolutely. eat. Yeah. So the the other point with expectations is when people have expectations of others. Um, I think you need to lose that because the only expectation you should have is within yourself people will disappoint you people will amaze you you can't let them or their actions dictate what you're going to do yeah. because at the end of the day whatever it is that you want to go after whatever it is that you want to become lies on your shoulders eventually you'll have a team eventually you'll have mm -hmm. the support but to start off with and the start off point could be a few years you're by yourself you might have one or two people that are there for you, but at the end of the day, you are doing everything. To wrap it up with the expectations. I'll come back in a few seasons. We'll oh, in a few seasons. I fucking, like, in a month. Yeah, <laughs> like, next season. like Absolutely. Yeah. But with expectations, you should expect only to get out what you put in. I always tell people, when, when you're low, appreciate it. You like, learn a re lot. Really allow yourself to feel and understand what that is that's going on. Mm -hmm. Don't dwell on it absorb it let it in understand that right now i feel like shit right now today knocked me on my ass okay that's fine what am i going to learn from this right i'm going to brush it off i'm going to go to sleep i'm going to start tomorrow a new day and let's see if we can go up from here because the greatest thing is a person this is a great, great quote that i came across the greatest thing is a person who goes through fire and is appreciated and grateful that they can still walk you have to see the world that way to grow. Yeah. I think that's a, an excellent point to, to finish up on Absolutely. is putting yourself in other people's shoes to understand that what you might be going through might not be half as hard as what someone else does every single day. That's how you make life choices, yeah, man. Exactly. I love that. And we are going to end on that. Uh, Carter, thank you so very much for coming by today. I appreciate man. it. Uh, great conversation. Not not a surprise. We've always had good, good talks here, in the bar. Thanks and for inviting me. So, yeah. We'll have you back on here to get more into those other topics we wanted to. Uh, I want to thank all my lifers out there for coming by every week here Tuesday at 2 and watching the Life Choices podcast. For all of you newcomers that are watching or listening to us on Spotify or any of the audio platforms that we're on, I want to thank you for coming out as well. If you want to uh, get in contact to find out where and when uh, DJ Kid Carter will be spinning, we'll have that information just down below here in the description. Nice and um, simple. Our, our email is down below, plus all of our uh, social media uh, areas in which you can see us. If you want to be on the show, you can send us an email. The email is just down below here as well. Uh, like, share, comment, hit the bell to be notified to, uh, to see what's coming out next here on the Life Choices podcast. Again, genuinely just love that everyone's coming out week after week and our community is growing little by little every single week. If you want to be part of the Life Choices team in the future and there's something that you think you can bring to the table, by all means, again, shoot us an email. I'd love to have a conversation 
conversation with you. If uh, you run a podcast and you'd like to collaborate, I'm more than happy to come to you on your oh, yeah. podcast and have a chit chat as well. Uh, once again, Carter, thank you so much. It's Absolute been a pleasure. pleasure. Kid uh, Carter with two Ks. There it is right down in the below part. Uh, once again, everyone, thank you so much for coming by here on the Life Choices Podcast, and we will see you next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Absolutely. Much love, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now about the journey. Life Choices Podcast.